Hello, hello. Welcome to the Change With Him Real Robert Dean podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Picaro, and today's episode is called We're All, All, Always. <laughs> what? <laughs> We're all, all, always. Uh, I know that sounds like, what are you talking about? But it is exactly that. We're all, all, always right where we need to be. And that's the last thing you want to hear when you're in a place of confusion, struggle, doubt, and pain. But it's the truth. It is the truth. If God wasn't going to use where you are for his good, for his purposes, for his glory, and for his fame, I mean, Jesus is like the ultimate fame master. I was at church this past weekend and they were talking about the Time magazine. Like, what is that word? A, a secular magazine. I didn't even know what that word was. I went to Passion Play uh, Good Friday with a friend and she's like, yeah, back in the day I used to listen to secular music like In Strength and Backseat Boys. I'm like, wait, what? What is? What did you say? <laughs> secular music? What is that? I didn't even know what that term was and now I know what it is. I'm like, oh, oh, it's secular. Okay. That's a new like lingo. I feel like I'm like one of the cool kids now. I know what, I know the lingo. I know what secular means. Um, where was I going with that? (laughs) Oh, that God has us exactly where we need to be. And if that weren't true, we wouldn't be there. Uh, and a lot of times that's hard. That's a tough pill to swallow. And it's a tough pill to swallow because that is where the pain lies is also where the medicine lies. Woo. Write that one down where the pain lies the medicine lies. The medicine lies in our pain. It was in my darkest hour, in the depths of my pain, where I was going to take the release and freedom from that pain into my own hands. I was going to take my life into my hands and end it, literally end it, physically end it, because the, the spiritual, the mental the emotional, the internal pain I couldn't handle. But where the pain lies, the medicine lies. In my darkest hour is where I literally heard God's words. I heard his words. I was like, I don't think I'm psycho. I'm not high. I'm not drunk. I'm probably tired because I've had a long long history of choppy intervals, sleep filled nights, but I'm not cuckoo for cuckoo pass. I wasn't in a straight jacket, like in a mental ward. So I knew I wasn't quote unquote that crazy, but I knew that I heard the voice of God. I knew I felt the breath of God on my face. When I was closest to really being serious about the execution of the plan to take the ending of my life into my own hands and take them out of his is when he stepped in is when he met me, when he breathed his breath on me, literally, I felt this presence. It was a male figure and it was not my ex's voice for a long time. I thought it was, but why would he do that? He was out blackout drunk with his friends after whatever millionth fight we had. He would not walk into my home in my bedroom 
in the middle of the night and whisper, I love you. Like he did, like Jesus did. I I know it was him. I know it was the presence of God. And that's actually what prompted me to write my first book, Three Little Words, uh, it's an incredible book. It's actually a journal, uh, and and every prompt on it has three little words that I know are from Him, that I know are from God, that give me insight into who He is, and and the depth of His love, and the depth of His healing, and the depth of His character, the depth of His presence, and the depth of His warm embrace. And when He met me in my darkest hour, in my darkest minute he met me and and he literally breathed his, his breath onto me. And it wasn't like stinky morning breath. Like I normally have, it wasn't like stinky rollover <clears throat> in the middle of the night. Like, ew, get away from me, breath. It didn't have an odor, but it did have a feeling. It did have a presence. And it, it was on my left side and my left cheek is as, as if his, his mouth, as he was speaking to me, was somewhere between like six to eight inches, probably seven, because for me, that number has power. It was probably seven inches away from my face, my cheek on the left side. And in a man's voice that I've never heard before in my life, before or after that experience and that time and that moment, all it said was, I love you. That's it it freaked me the fuck out. Like I literally woke up, sat up, like wide awake, eyes wide open, scoured every room in the house, like literally looked behind every door, opened up drawers. I was, (laughs) I was a crazy person. I was looking through all the drawers, looking behind every door, looking in the backyard. I went into the garage. I took a flashlight. I turned on every light. I'm like, what was that? What was that? And I called my mom, had to be like two or two 30 in the morning. And at that time we were, we were communicating regularly um, just because I wasn't in a good place. And we were really close. We spoke multiple times a day and she walked me off the ledge a lot of times, but I told her about this. Of course she answered. I knew I could like see the vision of her in my mind, grabbing her cell phone that she kept on her nightstand right next to her bed. Uh, She was afraid. She was afraid of my state. Uh, And with her love for me, she said, I'm always here for you. Call me anytime, day or night. Like, you know, I'm here for you. She was in a different state at that time. And so I called my mom and I'm like, "Uh, uh, uh, uh," and I couldn't even speak. I couldn't even get out words. I was just, uh, uh, uh. She's like, Sarah, Sarah, are you okay? Like she thought maybe I was being choked or held for ransom or kidnapped or something. She's like, Sarah, talk to me. What's going on? Are you okay? And I'm like, I I, I, uh, 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 I don't know what happened. I I don't know what happened. And she's like, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you safe? What's happening? Are you okay? And I I told her, I'm like, I I don't know. I mean, yes, but no, I I don't know. And she's like, what happened? Uh, and, And I told her. And, you know, obviously when I got the words out, she knew that I was okay. And I wasn't, you know, roped up. I didn't have a gun held to my head or anything weird like that. Uh, I told her the story. There was a man's voice seven inches away from my face. I felt the breath. I felt that it was close enough. Like we, like when someone like hat, you know, like when you fog up a mirror, like the breath, it was, it was like on my face. I felt it. And I heard the voice. It was a man's voice. I don't know who it was. There's not a man in my house. I'm telling her the story. And, and, 
all it said was, I love you. And she said, do you know who it was? She asked me the question, do you know who it was? And I couldn't speak. And I imagine there's so many places in the Bible where whoever it is, the disciples, the prophets, like people, right? They're, they're standing in the presence of God and they can't speak. They can't speak. They can't see. Like they're in awe. They're speechless. In awe of his glory. In awe of his wonder. In awe of his presence. In awe of his mercy. In awe of his grace. Just literally in awe. Where they fall to their knees and, and they can't look. Like his light, his presence is so bright. Is so majestical. Is so overpowering so overwhelming that like they're just speechless like frozen in his mercy and I felt like that's how it was when she asked me do you know who it was and my soul knew it was like my soul was trying to talk to my mind and go hello answer your mom you're rude. Don't just sit there. Uh, 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 uh. Like I could hear this like inner person going, what are you doing? Like answer the question. You know who it was. You know, you know who it was. And I was like, uh, um, and I knew that she knew who it was when she asked me that question. And there was something in my humanness that resisted speaking the truth because I was scary. Because I knew that after that, I would never, ever, ever think about, want, or desire to end my life ever again. In the moment that those three little words were spoken, seven inches from my face, or from, from the breath on my cheek, the sound of his voice, I knew that was immediately gone. That desire to take my life, the ending of it, into my own hands. It was gone. And it's all I had thought about. I was consumed by thoughts of it for as long as I can remember, leading up until that moment. And when she asked me, do you know who it was? My soul knew. And it was like my head was like, what? What? Like, what's happening? I think I'm going crazy. I think I just need some sleep. And I was able to go back to sleep. And, and that night I felt like my soul rested for the first time in a long time. And I, I remember it. I, I remember it. Like it's one of the clearest memories I have and one of the most amazing and incredible memories I have. And that's the truth is we're all, all, always in his presence. We're all, all always that close to him and him that close to us. And our soul knows it. And our soul longs for that closeness. Our soul longs for that connection. Our soul longs for that relationship. It was built for that relationship and that connection, built for that closeness, built for that proximity, built for that kind of love. And it's often us 
trying to take things into our own hands, trying to navigate and direct the path and the course of our own lives and saying, I've got it. I don't need him. I don't need anyone. I can do this. <laughs> like what? No, you can't. And you know, you can't. And, and the truth is where the pain lies, the medicine lies. Jesus is my medicine. He's the medicine for my soul. And we know this, but we seem to try and talk ourselves out of it or try and convince ourselves that we don't need medicine, right? That, that Jesus didn't come for the healthy. He came for the sick. Well, wake up. We're all sick. We're living in a sick world. We're all broken. We're living in a broken world. But the veil was broken. The veil was torn the day that Jesus died so that we could enter into his kingdom. The Bible talks about this in so many ways, where the pain lies, the medicine lies, where we feel that we're at our weakest. He is at his strongest. He is our medicine. He is the medicine for our soul. Our soul is living in a, a sick world. We're surrounded by a sick environment. He is the medicine that we need because where the pain lies, the medicine lies. And we often lie to ourselves about the lies. I, I don't have any lies. I'm good. No, I don't need anything. I'm good. I'm not sick. And then suddenly we wonder how we got to be so sick because it was such a slow oncoming of this dis-ease and, and this sickness, the sickness of our mind and our heart and our soul. And he is the medicine for our soul, the medicine for our life. And he is the one that heals. And it's not like amoxicillin. Take this for 10 days. And even if you start to feel better, just remember to, you know, just take all of it, even though it tastes like shit. I, I know, I know. Just make, make sure you take all of it. You'll be fine after 10 days. Okay. It's not like Jesus is a 10-day quick fix to sickness. <laughs> He's not. He's not a quick sick to fix. Wait, what was that? A quick fix to sickness. It, he is the medicine that our soul needs. And our soul is swimming around in a sick world. So we need him and we need him more than 10 days and we need him more than 10 hours in a day. But often uh, so many of us spend a lifetime without his medicine. And then we wonder why we're in so much pain and how to get out of the pain. And then we look to the ways of the world for escape from the pain. And then we use drugs and we use alcohol and we use sex and we use porn and we, we use work and we use accomplishments and we use achievements and we use money to try and numb the pain. But where the pain lies, the medicine lies. And he is the medicine to our soul. He is the, the ultimate medicine. He's way better than any prescription strength drug. He's way better than any high dose morphine. Like he <laughs> I can hear him like, thanks, Sarah. I'm like, you're welcome. <laughs> But that is the truth. He is a medicine to our soul. I used to say things like yoga is my medicine. Therapy is my medicine. Hiking is my medicine. Like time with good friends, laughing and drinking is my medicine. And all those are fun things, but they're not the thing that you need when your soul is in pain and when you're in that kind of pain. But that's the beauty of the truth is where the pain lies, medicine lies. Why do we need to wait until we're in that much pain to take medicine? 
And a lot of times we see it as, well, I'm not sick. You know, I take this, I, it is a holistic doctor, right? Like I'm going to go to the holistic practitioner. I don't want to go to the, the natural Western medicine. Like they get you more sick, right? Because they benefit financially from you being more sick. Do you see the pattern? There are financial benefits to you being sick. God's not interested in financial benefits. He doesn't need <laughs> financial benefits. He already owns it all. Like we need to wake up to that. He already owns it all. So he's not interested in financial gain or benefit. And there's truly nothing more he can gain. What he's after is a relationship with you, is soul to soul, your soul, his soul, your spirit to his Holy Spirit. They're made for each other. They're built for each other. They're made and built for connection, for relationship. Our mind is literally programmed to experience connection to have relationship. It's not about religion. It's about a relationship. And your soul longs for a relationship. Your spirit longs for a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And that's where the pain lies, the medicine lies, the medicine, the healing, redemptive, restoring medicine of the spirit wants to come in and ease your pain, provide ease where there's dis-ease in your soul. And that's the work that he wants to do. That is the medicine he longs for you to receive the healing benefits from. And I know this in my soul because mine has experienced it. And I mentioned this in other podcasts. I never, ever wanted to be a podcaster or do a podcast. I was like, oh, you on your little high horse. Look at me. I have a podcast. <laughs> and then when I felt called to, to create one and to, to share one, and I was like, wait, what? What are you talking about? I don't do that. I don't do that podcast thing. And I feel like he laughed at me because he laughs at me a lot. And he was like, Sarah, just share the message. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Where the pain lies, the medicine lies. So what lies are you keeping inside that are keeping you from him that are keeping you from letting him in saying, I'm not sick. I don't need any medicine. And maybe I pray that you're not as in of deep or dark of a place that I was when I wanted to take the ending of my own life into my own hands, thinking that that was the way. No, God's ways are better. God ways, God's ways are hires, hires. God ways are better and higher than ours. And sometimes we can't see a way out. I thought the only way out was to end it all. And he came in with three little words and changed it all. So, I mean, if you want to grab that journal, it's available on Amazon. It's called Three Little Words. I think it's a prayer journal, something about healing from narcissistic abuse and relationships. But you can find it on Amazon. I'll, I'll link it in the show notes as well. But understand that we're all, all always right where we need to be. God wasn't wondering where I was. He wasn't like, oh man, where'd Sarah go? I haven't seen her in a while. I haven't talked to her in a while. I hope she's okay. He knew exactly where I was. He knew exactly what I was going through. He knew the pain that I was I was struggling with. He knew. And it was through that that he got me to where I am. It was through that that he took me through everything else that I went through. And not everything was easy or painless, but it was it was beautiful with him and knowing that he is, has been, and always will be right by my side.
He's all always there. And I know that now. And we're all, all always right where we're supposed to be, right where we're meant to be, even if we're struggling with something, even when we're we're in the middle of craziness and chaos and confusion and, and brokenness and relationships ending and or new ones beginning. And we're like, what is going on? Oh my God. And he's like, well, what's going on is that you're all, all always right where you need to be. And I'm here with you and we're going to get through this. And I promise you, you just lean into that. And you receive the medicine. And let's just think about it as a like high quality multivitamin, your daily multivitamin, your daily dose, right? We know those once dailies or one dailies. And we're like, just pop this magic pill and you will forever be living and loving life in the way you always dreamed. Like that's God. He is that once daily, but it's not just a once daily, like, thanks God, I have an awesome life. Okay, ta-ta, bye, off to live my awesome life. It's it's once a second, once a minute, once a, once an hour, once a day, like connecting with him and, and praying through things and, and praising him. And there's another episode about pray, praise, repent, ask, yes, Yes, God, you you fulfill your promises. Yes, you love me. Yes, you'll always be with me. Yes, you will always, always guide me. Yes, you're you're you answer every prayer, even though sometimes your answer is no, and some sometimes your answer is wait, but yes, you always answer. So being with him in prayer every day, that's the medicine. And it's not just taking it for granted and going, oops, I forgot. Like when you slip up and you forget to take your birth control and then you're like, oh no, I had sex. I need the plan B pill. Like not like that. <laughs> not all. It is something that is that is always something that you can tap into and, and connect with and be with. I mean, I pray all the time. I like pray when I am driving. I'm like, Hey God, thanks for getting me to this place safely. And then before I go to that place, I'm like, Hey God, could you just like watch out, you know, for me and others on the road and on this, on this journey. And as we go from A to B and, uh, just all the time, like may the Lord bless you and keep you when I drop my daughter off and Hey Lord, while you're at blessing her, may you bless and keep me too, because I'd love to spend more time with her. And I just, just keep us safe as we go throughout our day. Thank you, Lord. When I lie my head down at night, Hey, thanks Lord. You're amazing. I just want to say thanks for letting this be a good day. And even though we went through these hard things today, I know that it is your way and this is your will. And you're, you've never left me and you never will. And just saying things like that. And even when you're in the pain, remembering that where the pain lies, the medicine lies, and he is the medicine for our soul. Can I get an amen? <laughs> that that is the truth. And we need to hold on to the truth and allow the truth to come in and redeem and restore us through our repentance, through our prayer and through our praises and allow that to be the medicine to our soul and, and think medicine man, right? A lot of times we turn to external human forms of medicine man and we give them more glory than we give God. And he's like, <laughs> hello, <clears throat> excuse me, tap, tap, tap. Uh, hello. <laughs> oh yeah. Hey God, thanks. And, and not have it be an afterthought. Remember that and have it be a forethought where the pain lies, the medicine lies. And you're all always, always right where you need to be for this time, for this reason, for this season, for such a time as this, like you're where you're meant to be, even if you're in the middle of something hard and you will get through it and you get through it with more peace, with more trust, with more grace, with more ease. When you lean into that truth. And this really resonated with me where the pain lies, the medicine lies. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That was like a Z pack that night. 
if you've ever been sick and you've taken a z-pack and you're like Whoa, feeling better feeling good let's go i don't even know what i was complaining about i feel so good now because it's like a zap of goodness when you're not feeling so hot it's a zap like whoo 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 okay let's do this thing and and that's that's just what I felt called to share with you. Um, so remember that if you don't yet have a relationship with him, I invite you to cultivate, to create, to generate one, because that's who God is. He's the ultimate creator. He's the ultimate generator of, of abundance and joy and, and peace and gratitude in your life and in your soul and in your heart. And he's not going to force himself on you. He's not a disgusting pervert. He's not. He's a loving, loving, loving father. So he's not going to force himself on you, but he's always inviting you into a relationship with him. So if you don't have one with him yet, I invite you into one by just saying the simple prayer with me. Jesus Christ, come into my life. I hear you knocking the doors open. Come on in. I love you, friend. I am praying for you. If you are interested in finding out more about really transforming your internal and unconscious beliefs and getting them into alignment with the truth and what he says about you, please reach out. You can find out more at sarahpicaro.com. I love you guys. Bye for now.